Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Exploring the Iceberg, presented by me, Juggin. And me, Sophia. <laughs> Hello, thank you for um, listening to our last episode, and welcome to our new episode, episode 5, which is the title of Reprogramming Your Mind. So, as usual, before we get into what we, what we want to talk about, we want to link this to our iceberg analogy. So, reprogramming your mind, as you might expect, is located primarily in the second and third levels. It has to do with a lot of preconceptions, a lot of parts of yourself, and little things that you feel about yourself that are hidden deeply inside of you. May it be instilled in traumatic experiences, may it be instilled in experiences that repeat themselves so much so that you have preconceptions, or may it be in your mindset towards life. And these kinds of parts or these kinds of aspects of your life are hidden in the lower echelons of the iceberg, in lower levels where um, it is harder for people to connect to unless they've known you for a long amount of, for a good amount of time. So I'm going to give the floor to Sophia and she's going to introduce Reprogramming Your Mind. Oh my God. Thank you, Jagan, for that great analogy. And the I like envisioned when you were describing the iceberg, which is the foundation of this practice. Um, yes, so reprogramming the mind. I'm sure if you guys, if this is not your first podcast, self-help podcast, I'm sure you've heard the term reprogram your mind and change your life, right? That's something that I actually go by, but because of my, I have like, understand this and research this for so long, it means something different for me. So what I'm going to explain to whoever is listening is what that means. Like, what is reprogramming the mind? What are we like robots? Um, that may the that may be a question that comes up for you, right? Like, what are you talking about reprogramming the mind? I am who I am, right? So this question comes up, and actually, it was a question that I had, and. The best explanation at the time that I got that made me really go, whoa, I get it, is it was a talk actually by someone that's well known and he has a big following and he basically studies this type of work. And he said something very, very profound that stuck with me and has been very one of the main points and driving points of my life. And that was we are the condition of our environment. Whatever we experience is based off on what we were given. And if we don't realize that, then it's like we're living through the lenses and the lives of others. So reprogramming the mind means you finally get to see where you're at in your life, right? Let's say you have a job, you have a cat, you have a house, you like to do this, this, this on the weekend, and you have these type of friends. That's the life that you've accumulated with your beliefs and with your the programming. And so let's say your current emotion is unhappiness, stress, but in your mind as well, you're like, this is the only way. This is where the reprogramming comes. This is where we get to say, oh, okay. So I do have the power to choose my life. So, so hearing that first part that we're the, we are the causation of our 
environment. That is Winston saying hello. <laughs> if you hear my cat. Um, yes. So that's why I want to bring it to the, the environment is what makes up you. So if you don't get outside of that, then <laughs> you won't ever discover what you're capable of and your power. He's agreeing. <laughs> Do you have any questions on that, Tiny? I think like it's it's a it's a great point that you bring up. It's like the the fact that our environment has such a huge impact on who we are. Like the like it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of like how you make friends as well, right? A lot of how we make friends in like life is based on our environment. It's based on the proximity that we have, and it works that way both externally and internally because like internal programming or the way you've been brought up has to do with cultural values, has to do with certain ideals that we present ourselves or we have or we show to everyone else. And so these kind of values that illustrate as a part of our life may be someone who's brought up in the West Coast where people are more easygoing or laid back in a sense, or like someone who's bought in the East Coast where like people are more kind or the, they will insult you all day, but they will help you fix that flat tire you have on the side of the road. So it's all about like, even externally speaking, like reprogramming your mind, like requires you to, in a sense, accept what is given to you first. It's, it's to, for you to ground yourself and accept the conditions, the preconditions and the, the kind of mindset you've been brought up made through multiple external stimuli, maybe parents, maybe friends, maybe books you've read, or maybe just the way people around you act. So I think like, you bring up a really good point about this idea of the environment having a huge impact. And I, I would even say, go so far as to say that like the whole nature versus nurture argument about biology versus like environment in the case of your mindset, while there will be certain qualities you'll be predisposed to through genetics overall, like your mindset and reprogramming it is crafted through the environment. Like you said, so I completely agree. And I see exactly what you're saying. And I almost want to emphasize that a lot of it is stemmed in parents. I think when there's a different range of parents and it's almost difficult to go back to how you were treated as a child. And, and, and it's, it, it's, it starts from a very young age. That's what I want to bring up. Like, yes, it's parents also, but it's, it's the way you've been brought up. And that's where the core beliefs that you mentioned, the cultural, the, the, the friends, and all that starts to come based on what you say yes to, subconsciously or unconsciously. And it's, it, this, is, this is something a, a four-year-old or a, a six-year-old cannot, like, they don't understand that because developmental-wise, they haven't developed in the, the cognition of of an adult, like, oh, I have to be outside of myself to observe. Like, that does not, that's not what's happening in a four-year-old or seven-year-old brain. What's happening is, what is in front of me? Is this painful? Is this good? Is this, and, and wires could get crossed because if a parent is abusive and they say, oh, I, 
if if it, the range of abuses varies on the spectrum, right? There's physical and then there's emotional. So what, whatever spectrum that is, if the the child goes through this experience and then gets love and appreciation and is being seen through this this vessel of abuse, they will see that this is the way to be seen, validated, loved, appreciated. The wires would get crossed. And I, I'm, I'm speaking vaguely because uh, I don't want to get into the details of like the different types of abuse because that, that's not what we're talking about right now. But that's one example of how we then later on start to say yes to partners, say yes to friendships, say yes to worker uh, uh, work environments that then begin to reflect that same pattern, that same programming of the environment. And then, and it's like, if we are not aware that we can choose our beliefs, we can choose what we want to say yes to, we will just keep accepting that. And then 50 years go by and you're like, where am I right now? Why am I in this life right now? Or whatever, whatever age you may be, right? Some people can realize it very early on. Some people realize it very old and some people never realize it and it's all okay. But if you're listening to this right now, I think you have an advantage. And if there's anything you take away from this podcast is that you can choose, you can become aware, you can change. And it's just about how willing are you to go down the path of remembrance, a path of knowledge and learning and unlearning and how open can you be and how much you want a different life to as where you are now. Yeah. That's why I'm going to take it. <laughs> yeah. It sounds awesome. It's, yeah. it's very hard to wrap your mind around a lot because you're just so used to certain patterns of life and you feel like you fall into these patterns. You fall into yeah. these preconditions. You fall into these ways of life. And it's almost so much easier to continue the way you are instead of um instead of trying to divert your path and like reflect so the, the primary issue you run into in terms of reprogramming your mind is almost in a sense a lack of acceptance so you can find this in a lot of like i would almost say bad not necessarily bad habits but habits you're not the most fond of some things that you believe are not the best thing for yourself However, you find yourself slipping back into them. Like, for instance, like if we're going to go to one of the most common ones, it's, I would say, alcohol abuse. So for someone who, like, does genuinely believe that they, they, they can realize, they can see, and they can view that alcoholism or, like, drinking uh, copious amounts of alcohol multiple times a week is not the best for them, regardless of their, like, knowledge of it, they fully haven't accepted it and understood the meaning of it behind it. So I believe that one of the primary steps reprogramming your mind is acceptance and groundedness so one thing that um, a lot of people do is they have i think there's a difference to make between knowledge and understanding so a lot of people they know something they will know that this is not good for them yet like you said sophia they fall into those same patterns over and over again they make the same mistakes over and over again regardless of the, regardless of the statement, or sometimes you can even say excuse they provide, saying, I know it's not good for me. And then you always hear the inevitable but that comes right after, which is like, oh, it's like, yes, I agree, but 
yeah, we, we both fall into that ourselves. Like we, we can just generally, we, a lot of us and a lot of you listeners can also see the same thing of just, you have this idea and you have this innocence, objective reality presented to you. Yet you choose your, you choose to follow through with the preconceptions. And so like another example you can pull up with this is like, have just imagine like yourself giving some like advice or giving like uh, telling someone something that they should know or something you see clearly. How do you view the situation? You view the situation without any sort of preconceptions, without any sort of emotions, without any sort of, of their past reflected. And all you see is a situation that has a clear solution that you have been able to identify, but they have not been able to identify. And so this touches on the idea of objective versus subjective reality, where people will visualize something um, in someone else. They will see clearly that there is something that they're not doing correctly, and they will be able to point it out so easily and quickly. But in their own lives, they find themselves in the same exact situation where their emotions cloud them, they find themselves in the same like in the same like void of preconceptions and specific programming to their mind that just doesn't allow them to view reality for what it is. So I think one thing you can do to kind of step out of that is view any sort of situation you're in in the third person. Imagine if you saw someone else going through this and imagine the advice you tell them without any sort of the emotion, emotional attachment, not to disregard the emotion but to provide another perspective to see if there is something that is that you're thinking or not thinking rather that is clouding your emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That is very insightful. And if, if you guys picked up on this, it's like, this is very intricate. Like if, if you take the time to think about this and really want to change, like this stuff, is not as easy as it could sound (laughs) like reprogramming it is an idea that you can fall into and daydream about you can fall into this cycle of like yeah i got this i can change i can change i can do this but still nothing happens why again it's the programming right so you mentioned Jagan, observing you yourself as a third person. Yes, that is an amazing practice and I think only capable and achievable if someone, someone or, you know, whoever's listening to this podcast right now, acquires a practice of some sort of stillness, some sort of activity that allows your body and mind to basically uh relax and practices like meditation and when i say meditation it doesn't always look like you're sitting under a tree or in the in the himalayas right this this means there's singing meditation there's meditation where you paint there's meditation where you scream or mm, i don't know but that that one's a little bit like personalized but uh, you can get meditated you can get into a meditative state once your body and mind are at ease yoga for example i mean there's just so many examples i can give you from my yogic journey of how i can after let's say my yoga practice just view myself from a third person and see how and what am i doing 
that is detrimental that I do not yet know. And, and I think it also begins with an intention. Like if you just say, I want to reprogram my mind, that's a start. But I mean, I think this is primarily why we're filming this video and whoever's listening to it, it's like, we're explaining to you from our experiences, from the research we've been doing and the integrating parts that we've been integrating uh, things that we've been doing on ourselves and what discovering like what works. So the meditating, the moving your body and then getting to a state where you can get into that becomes applicable, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's life-changing to be honest, because once you start seeing yourself from an objective point of view, like it becomes such a practice that you don't longer need to actually have a set time to sit down. And it just becomes a part of how you see the world. And you're less reactive. You're less prone to be a victim to your emotions. You're less prone to be at the mercy of your environment. So, it, and again, it, it's bringing up this like, stepping out of the victim mentality you're, you're basically so if for those who are listening you won't see this but i'm basically holding my hand out and i have my right hand above and i'm i'm ex <laughs> um my hand is a human and it's basically in the middle of my palm and this <clears throat> is explaining how we come out of that bubble so envisioning like a bubble and this bubble then expands. And as the bubble expands, you expand. And this observation becomes everywhere. And that's why I bring up, you can basically become aware and be the observer everywhere. At least that's how I've experienced this practice and how I've been able to objectively see myself and how this specific practice has helped me reprogram let's say a habit and on that note we're going to conclude this first part of reprogramming your mind thank you all for tuning in with me and sophia and join us next week as we continue our discussion on reprogramming the mind delving into practices the idea of grand strategy and the idea of manifestation and similar topics as we finish up our topic on reprogramming the mind. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you'd like to follow us, we're on TikTok and Instagram at Exploring the Iceberg. And if you like our podcast and our content, be sure to drop us a follow. See you next time.